听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎收听轻松调频美文阅读 ，More to Read。我是沈听。让我们在这里一起听美文、学英语。在今天的节目中，我们将会听到英国著名心理学家哈弗洛克·爱丽丝的一句话，中国唐代诗人李白的一首诗歌，以及由美国小说家雷蒙德·卡佛所写的一个小故事。More to read， 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote。All the art of living lies in a fine mingling of letting go and holding on. Havelock Ellis. 生活的全部要义在于放手和坚持的完美结合。哈弗洛克·爱丽丝。哈弗洛克·爱丽丝出生于1859年， 1939年去世，是19世纪末至20世纪初英国著名的性心理学家、思想家、作家和文艺评论家。作为具有划时代意义的科学家，他终身从事人类性科学和性心理学研究，致力于探究性和人类精神世界之间的关系，是性心理学研究的先驱，其贡献有目共睹。而作为具有开拓意义的思想家，他在哲学、宗教、社会学、美学和文学批评上的著述，同样令世人刮目相看，为冲破和摆脱宗教、道德和习俗对人类思想的禁锢发挥了重要的作用。爱丽丝出生于英国伦敦附近的库罗伊登市，她六岁时曾随父亲漂洋过海，十六岁时跟随父亲到了澳大利亚。后来因身体健康原因没有继续去印度，被一个人留下来，直到1879年他二十岁时才回到英国。在澳大利亚的四年间，他当过教师，经历了身心发育成长的季节，并立志为了解自身以及他人的成长而学医。1880年至1889年，他在伦敦的圣托马斯医学院学习，并获得医学博士学位。但爱丽丝从来没有将医生作为未来的职业。学习期间，他把主要的精力都放在文学、艺术以及社会活动方面。毕业后没有去当医生，而是积极追寻自己的人生志向，从事性科学研究和文艺社会思想评论。All the art of living lies in the fine mingling of letting go and holding on. Havelock Ellis. 生活的全部要义，在于放手和坚持的完美结合。哈弗洛克·爱丽丝。More to read. 闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day. 
访戴天山道士不遇，李白。犬吠水声中，桃花带露浓。树深石渐露，西舞不闻钟。野竹分青霭，飞泉挂碧风。无人知所去，愁倚两三松。Calling on a Taoist recluse in Dai Tian Mountain without meeting him, by Li Bai. Dogs' barks are muffled by the rippling brook. Peach blossoms, tinged by dew, much redder look. In the thick woods, a deer is seen at times. Along the stream, I hear no noonday chimes. In the blue haze, which wild bamboos divide, tumbling cascades hang on green mountainside. Where has the Taoist gone? No one can tell me. Saddened, I lean on this or that pine tree. We just heard this song, "Fang Dai Tian Shan Dao Shi Bu Yu," from Chinese Taoist poet Li Bai. The Chinese version is read by the narrator Xiao Fei. The English version is Mark Griffiths. It is translated by Xu Yuanchong. Li Bai was born in the year 701. He died in the year 762. He is a Taoist scholar, Taoist poet, and Taoist. 被后人誉为诗仙。我们今天读到的这首《访戴天山道士不遇》是李白早年在戴天山读书时所作的五律。根据清代黄西归《李太白年谱》，李白在十八、十九岁时曾隐居在大匡山及戴天山大明寺中读书。这首诗应该就是在这期间所作。此诗主要写作者上戴天山的所闻所见。描绘了一幅色彩鲜明的访问道士不遇图，通篇着意于写景，真实自然，生动形象地再现了道士世外桃源的优美生活境界。全诗风格清丽，充满着年轻人的朝气与孜孜以求的探索精神。整首诗构思简单，词句淳朴，景美情深。写诗人的所闻所见，都是为了突出访道士不遇的主题。所以，清代文人吴大寿评说：“吾一字说道士，吾一字说不遇，却句句是不遇，句句是访道士不遇。”访戴天山道士不遇，李白。
，犬吠水声中，桃花带露浓。树深石见路，西舞不闻钟。野竹分青矮，飞泉挂碧峰。无人知所去，愁倚两三松。Calling on a Taoist recluse in Dai Tian Mountain without meeting him, by Li Bai. Dogs' barks are muffled by the rippling brook. Peach blossoms, tinged by dew, much redder look. In the thick woods, a deer is seen at times. Along the stream, I hear no noonday chimes. In the blue haze, which wild bamboos divide, tumbling cascades hang on green mountainside. Where has the Taoist gone? No one can tell me. Saddened, I lean on this or that pine tree. Beauty of words. 雷蒙德·卡佛出生于1938年 ，1988 年去世，是美国20世纪下半叶最重要的小说家和小说界简约主义的大师，也是继海明威之后美国最具影响力的短篇小说作家。伦敦时报在他去世后称他为美国的契诃夫。是美国文坛上罕见的艰难时事的观察者和表达者，并被誉为新小说的创始者。那么，在今天的节目中呢，我就为大家选读一篇由雷蒙德·卡佛所写的小故事《One More Thing》，还有一件事。中文版本由小二翻译。One More Thing。By Raymond Carver. Eldie's wife Maxine told him to get out the night she came home from work, and found Eldie drunk again and being abusive to Ray, their 15-year-old. Eldie and Ray were at the kitchen table arguing. Maxine didn't have time to put her purse away or take off her coat. Ray said, "Tell him, Mom. Tell him what we talked about." L.D. turned the glass in his hand, but he didn't drink from it. Maxine had him in a fierce and disquieting gaze. "Keep your nose out of things you don't know anything about," L.D. said. "I can't take anybody seriously who sits around all day reading astrology magazines." "This has nothing to do with astrology," Ray said. "You don't have to insult me." As for Ray, she hadn't been to school for weeks. She said no one could make her go. Maxine said it was another tragedy in a long line of low-rent tragedies. 
Why don't you both shut up? Maxine said. My God, I already have a headache. Tell him, Mom, Ray said. Tell him it's all in his head. Anybody who knows anything about it would tell you that's where it is. How about sugar diabetes? L.D. said. What about epilepsy? Can the brain control that? He raised the glass right under Maxine's eyes and finished his drink. Diabetes too, Ray said. Epilepsy, anything. The brain is the most powerful organ in the body. For your information. Cancer. What about cancer? L.D. said. He thought he might have her there. He looked at Maxine. I don't know how we got started on this, L.D. said to Maxine. Cancer, Ray said, and shook her head at his simplicity. Cancer too. Cancer starts in the brain. That's crazy, L.D. said. He hit the table with the flat of his hand. The ashtray jumped. His glass fell on its side and rolled off. You're crazy, Ray. Do you know that? Shut up," Maxine said. She unbuttoned her coat and put her purse down on the counter. She looked at L.D. and said, "L.D., I've had it. So has Ray. So has everyone who knows you. I've been thinking it over. I want you out of here, tonight, this minute, now. Get the hell out of here right now." L.D. had no intention of going anywhere. He looked from Maxine to the jar of pickles that had been on the table since lunch. He picked up the jar and pitched it through the kitchen window. Ray jumped away from her chair. God, he's crazy. She went to stand next to her mother. She took in little breaths through her mouth. Call the police, Maxine said. He's violent. Get out of the kitchen before he hurts you. Call the police, Maxine said. They started backing out of the kitchen. I'm going, L.D. said. All right, I'm going right now, he said. It suits me to a T. You're not here anyway. This is a nut house. There's another life out there. Believe me, this is no picnic. This nut house. He could feel air from the hole in the window on his face. That's where I'm going, he said. Out there, he said and pointed. Good, Maxine said. All right, I'm going, L.D. said. He slammed down his hand on the table. He kicked back his chair. He stood up. You won't ever see me again, L.D. said. You've given me plenty to remember you by, Maxine said. Okay, L.D. said. Go on, get out," Maxine said. "I'm paying the rent here, and I'm saying go now." "I'm going," he said. "Don't push me," he said. "I'm going." "Just go," Maxine said. "I'm leaving this nut house," L.D. said. He made his way into the bedroom and took one of her suitcases from the closet. It was an old white Nogahide suitcase with a broken clasp. She'd used to pack it full of sweater sets and carry it with her to college. He had gone to college too.
he threw the suitcase onto the bed and began putting in his underwear, his trousers, his shirts, his sweaters, his old leather belt with the brass buckle, his socks, and everything else he had. From the nightstand, he took magazines for reading material. He took the ashtray. He put everything he could into the suitcase, everything it could hold. He fastened the one good side, secured the strap, and then he remembered his bathroom things. He found the vinyl shaving bag up on the closet shelf behind her hats. Into it went his razor and his shaving cream, his talcum powder and his stick deodorant and his toothbrush. He took the toothpaste too, and then he got the dental floss. He could hear them in the living room talking in their low voices. He washed his face. He put the soap and towel into the shaving bag. Then he put in the soap dish and the glass from over the sink and the fingernail clippers and her eyelash curlers. He couldn't get the shaving bag closed, but that was okay. He put on his coat and picked up the suitcase. He went into the living room. When she saw him, Maxine put her arm around Ray's shoulders. "This is it," L.D. said. "This is goodbye," he said. I don't know what else to say except, I guess I'll never see you again. You too," L.D. said to Ray. "You and your crackpot ideas." Go," Maxine said. She took Ray's hand. "Haven't you done enough damage in this house already? Go on, L.D. Get out of here and leave us in peace." Just remember," Ray said, "it's in your head." I'm going. That's all I can say," L.D. said. "Any place away from this nut house," he said. "That's the main thing." He took a last look around the living room, and then he moved the suitcase from one hand to the other, and put the shaving bag under his arm. "I'll be in touch, Ray. Maxine, you're better off out of this nut house yourself." You made it into a nut house," Maxine said. "If it's a nut house, then that's what you made it." He put the suitcase down and the shaving bag on top of the suitcase. He drew himself up and faced them. They moved back. "Watch it, Mum," Ray said. "I'm not afraid of him," Maxine said. L.D. put the shaving bag under his arm and picked up the suitcase. He said, "I just want to say one more thing." But then he could not think what it could possibly be. Still, one thing: Raymondo-Cafo. L.D.'s girlfriend Maxine, at night when she came home, found him drinking. 正对着他们十五岁的孩子雷骂骂咧咧，他让他滚出去。L D 和雷当时正坐在餐桌旁争吵，马克辛都没来得及放下包和脱掉外套。雷说：“告诉他妈妈，告诉他我们说的话。” L D 转了转手中的杯子，但没有喝。马克辛用愤怒不安的眼神盯着他。最好别把你的鼻子往你不知道的事情上凑 ，L.D. 说
，我无法把整天坐在那儿读《占星术》杂志的人当回事儿。这和占星术无关，雷说：“你没必要来侮辱我。”说到雷，他已经有两周没去上学了。他说：“谁都不能强迫他去。”马克辛说：“这是低收入家庭一连串不幸中的又一个不幸。”你俩都给我闭嘴！马克辛说：“我的天哪，我的头已经大了。”告诉他，妈妈，雷说：“告诉他是他脑子有问题。但凡有点常识的人都会告诉你，问题就出在那儿。”那糖尿病呢 ？L D 说：“还有癫痫症，大脑能控制那个吗？”他在马克辛的眼皮底下举起酒杯，喝干了它。糖尿病也一样。雷说：“癫痫症，任何一切，告诉你，大脑是人体中最有威力的器官。癌症，癌症呢 ？”L D 说：“他觉得他可能把他给难住了。”他看着马克辛。我不知道我们怎么就扯上这个了。”L D 对马克辛说：“癌症。”雷说，为他的愚蠢摇摇头：“癌症也一样。”癌症也是从大脑开始的，简直疯了 ，L D 说，他用手掌拍了一下桌子，烟灰缸跳了起来，他的杯子倒下来，滚到了地上。你疯了，雷，你自己知道吗？闭嘴，马克辛说。他解开外套的纽扣，把包放在台子上，他看着 L D 说道 ：“L D， 我受够了。”雷也是，所有认识你的人都是。这件事我想了很久了，我要你从这里搬出去，今晚，就现在，就这一刻，立马从这里滚出去。L D 哪儿都不打算去，他把目光从马克辛转向中午起就在桌上放着的那罐酸黄瓜，他拿起罐子，把它从厨房窗户扔了出去。雷从椅子上跳起来，天哪，他疯了！他走过去，站在他母亲身边，他微微用嘴吸了口气。打电话叫警察，马克辛说，他有暴力倾向，快离开厨房，别让他伤着你。给警察打电话，马克辛说。他们退出了厨房。我走 ，L D 说，好。我现在就走，他说：“这正合我意。反正你们都是一群疯子，这里就是个疯人院，外面还有别的生活。相信我，这里的生活可不轻松。这个疯人院。”他的脸能感受到从窗户上的破洞吹进来的风。那就是我要去的地方，他说：“外面。”他一边说一边指了指。好极了，马克辛说。好，我走。L D 说，他使劲拍了一下桌子，他把椅子猛地往后一推，他站了起来。你们再也见不到我了 ，L D 说。你已经给我留下足够多的记忆了，马克辛说。那就好 ，L D 说。走呀，滚出去！马克辛说：“是我在付这儿的房租，我要你走，就现在。”
我再走，他说，别逼我。他说，我再走。走呀，马克辛说。我这就离开这个疯人院。L D 说。他进到卧室，从壁橱里取出他的一个行李箱，这是个旧的白色人造革箱子，其中一个扣环已经坏掉了。他曾往里面装满毛衣。带着他去上大学，他也上过大学。他把箱子扔到床上，开始往里面放他的内衣、他的长裤、他的衬衣、他的毛衣、他的带有铜扣的旧皮带、他的袜子和他所有其他东西。他从床头柜上拿了几本杂志以供阅读，他拿了烟灰缸，只要塞得进去，他把能放的东西都放进箱子里了。他扣紧那个好的扣环，捆好袋子，然后他想起了他的洗漱用品。他从橱架上他帽子的后面找到了一个塑料剃须袋，放进他的剃须刀、他的剃须膏、他的爽身粉、他的止汗棒和他的牙刷。他还拿走了牙膏，然后他拿走了牙线。他能听见他们在客厅里低声交谈。他洗了把脸，把肥皂和毛巾放进剃须袋，随后他又放进了肥皂盒、水池边上的杯子、指甲剪和他的睫毛夹。他无法合上剃须带，但这没关系。他穿上外套，拎起行李箱，他走进了客厅。看见他时，马克辛搂住了雷的肩膀。就这样了 ，L D 说：“这就是再见了。”他说：“除了说我大概以后再也不会见到你以外，也没什么好说的了。你也一样。”L.D. 对雷说：“你，还有你那些疯狂的念头。”走啊，马克辛说。他抓住雷的手。你对这个家的伤害难道还不够多吗？别停下来呀、啊、，L.D.， 从这里滚出去，让我们过几天安稳日子。别忘了，雷说：“你脑子有问题。”我再走，我能说的就这些了。”L.D. 说道，“随便去哪儿，远离这个疯人院。”他说：“这是最关键的。”他最后环视了一圈客厅，然后他把箱子从一只手换到另一只手，又把剃须带夹在胳膊下面。我会保持联络的，雷，马克辛，你自己最好也离开这个疯人院。你把这里变成了疯人院，马克辛说：“如果这里是疯人院，那也是你造成的。”他放下箱子，把剃须带放在箱子上面，他直起身来，面对着他们，他们向后退了退。当心点儿，妈妈，雷说。我不怕他，马克辛说。L.D. 把剃须带夹在胳膊下面，拎起了箱子。他说：“我只想再说一件事。”但他想不起来是什么事了。感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目。您也可以通过云听 App。
在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目。今天的节目就到这儿，我们明天见。